What's up, Internet? It's Mason from MasonMD.org here with our premiere podcast outside of RDR. We are starting a very new legacy, uh, keeping up with our awesome movie and video game coverage, this time in audio file form for you to listen to when you're driving home, when you're really mad and you just need my calming, soothing, diabetic voice in your ear, when you maybe just need somebody to tell you all of the great spoilers for the upcoming big flicks. But I'm not going to do it alone. I am joined today by a good friend of mine who actually went to go see today's very special screening. I am joined today by the beautiful Mike and Ike. Oh, hello. Thanks for having me here. Thanks for coming on, Mr. Mike. Oh, no uh, problem. Tell me, so what what is what is your movie experience? What is your what is your cinephile? What, what why do I have you on here? What what makes you s- qualified to be part of this? Well, I have absolutely no qualifications to criticize any movie. But I do watch a lot of YouTube videos that dive into other movies, so uh, that's kind of all my experience. So, so you don't consider yourself a critic, but you watch a lot of critics, so therefore you are qualified to be a critic on my show. That's I feel this. like I know a few terms. That's my extent. Okay. <laughs> well, the main reason why I have you on today is because you were kind enough to go see a horror film with me, and anybody who knows me knows that I am a huge wuss when it comes to anything of thriller or horror types. So I absolutely needed a, a helping hand, and thankfully you were there. I kind of called you like 30 minutes before the movie started. I was like, hey, you want to come meet me at the theater? I got time to kill. Uh, I like to say I really enjoy how we uh, watch horror movies the same way with a uh, thumb in the ear and palms ready to cover our eyes. Dude, we were cuddling together, too. <laughs> like Some of the points, we, I'd be like, I'd be talk, I'd be whispering in your ear like, oh, like, did you see that thing? And then something scary would happen. I'd be like, oh, my God. And, and, I, and I'd find myself draped in your arms. Um, for those familiar with the show, uh, Mike was our recent Dungeon Master on our uh, Diabetes and Dragons premiere episode. You can be sure to check that out also on MasonMD.org where we have all of our vlog, uh, blog, and great content just for you. So be sure to check that out and check more of Mike up. He'll be a uh, recurring guest star on many of our, uh, shall we say, entries to the budding MasonMD website. But we are here to talk about one of the latest blockbusters. It is, I guess you call it blockbuster since it's blockbuster season. Um, and one of the first original horrors to really make a dent in quite a while. Uh, a Quiet Place starring John Krasinski, John Krasinski excuse me, and his wife Emily Blunt. It was uh, the weirdest episode of The Office ever. <laughs> uh, was Emily Blunt ever in The Office? Did she ever make a no, cameo? Uh, I don't think so. Okay, but yeah, John Krasinski, be- be- best known as Jim from The Office, also starring deaf act- actress Millicent Simmons. More about that later. And Noah Jupe, uh, who is there? <laughs> uh, again, oh, we get into there's that. also there's also a four year old that's in there for two minutes. Ah, uh, for um, <laughs> we should start this off by saying there will be full spoilers for A Quiet Place going forward. You have been warned after that first kind of spoiler right there. So you can only blame us for that one. And it's in like the beginning 10 minutes. So anyway. All right. But let's talk about A Quiet Place. First off, first off, what is it? It is the latest original horror from John Krasinski, uh, who has directed and produced. It has been... He produced uh, it as well? Yes. Oh, I, I was like mind blown at the credits when it said uh, he was a director. I was like, no way. And he was producer as well. Yeah. He was very much involved with this involved with this. This is very much his film. Uh, was he also a writer? Uh, yes, he was. He oh, was wow. one of the writers. Uh, the story was by, um, I think, two of the co-writers. Uh, but yes, he was He was very much involved in uh, a part of this. So this was very much his baby. He's actually directed before, but it's, it never really blew up. Uh, it, the last thing that he shot, I think, was his directorial debut, and it, it was rough. 
Uh, it, it was like some sort of family comedy, dramedy kind of thing. Not not a good time. But this think, one uh, is fantastic. He's trying to uh, trying to escape that Jim Halper uh, typecast. Oh, absolutely! Like the the last movie I saw him, he was in Thirteen Hours, that Benghazi film. Oh yeah, and uh, he was fantastic in that. But he was very much not Jim. He was he was killing uh, Al Qaeda operatives. Yeah, it's really difficult to escape that uh, typecast once you uh, earn an iconic film. But uh, he's doing pretty well. He's done a like fantastic he well. job. Yeah, like not only in acting, but now in the actual behind the uh, behind the camera work. Which I ne- I I'll be completely honest. I never thought he had it in him. I think I kind of feel like uh, Krasinski and uh, Chris Pratt are basically the same people. Well, the, Chris like, Pratt is more than happy to be the exact same character in front of the camera. He, like he's always <laughs> the adorable goofball. And don't get me wrong, I, know, I love I Chris Pratt. It's like you know they both came from iconic TV shows, Park and Rec, The Office, uh-huh. and now they're breaking into like they used to be kind of like scrubbish. Now they're like buff. Yeah, now they're jacked. Pack. Now they're like, I feel like they have very similar career paths. I'm sure Emily Blunt is happy and uh, Anna Ferris <laughs> oh, was beautiful happy. beautiful beard too. That was a, that was probably my favorite part of the movie. Yeah, he's one of us. He's one of, well, I guess you don't have a beard, but I have a beard. So he's one of me. Um, he, he's part of the diabetic beard clan. I wish he was diabetic. That'd be, <laughs> we that need more diabetic we, Disney princes. <laughs> we are the 25%. It, it's like that Arrested Development joke. Like, there are dozens of us. Doz- no, there's plenty of diabetics. Um, all right, but... A Quiet Place. So, uh, here here is the basic uh, Rotten Tomatoes synopsis. In the modern horror thriller A Quiet Place, a family of four must navigate their lives in silence after mysterious creatures that hunt by sound threaten their survival. If they hear you, they hunt you. Uh, and and that's, a, that's a pretty solid foundation. Story is not the, uh, the main focus of this uh, film. Like, you know that there was a mysterious invasion, that the creatures that invaded are very fast, very hungry... And hunt by sound, and that if you make if you make more than a whisper, they will find you, and you will be dead. Uh, that and that's it. That's really all you need to know. Uh, and the you rest spoiled the whole movie. Well, that, I mean, that, that's <laughs> the previews tell you that. That's not a problem. Oh yeah, I remember seeing the first uh, trailer for this like maybe a year ago. I was like, I'm not seeing that's too scary. But you dragged me out anyways. I didn't want to <laughs> see it either because because I, I was a, I'm not a horror guy. But one thing that trumps my fear of horror is the is the announcement of a good story or a good at least a fantastic film. I saw it for the same reason. I had no desire to see it because it looked freaky oh, as hell. I really want to see it. I haven't done it yet. It, it is very freaky, but it's a great film. It's fantastic. I've been uh, thinking about getting the uh, the it audio book and see if it can compare. Oh, okay. I mean, you, you do that by yourself. Like, <laughs> watching the movie is one thing. Reading Stephen King is a whole other animal. Oh, no, no. I, I just do a lot of audiobooks, you know, walk around. It's the lazy way to read nowadays. Yeah, but it's, st- <laughs> it's still... Okay, it's like listening, instead of, instead it's of like, uh, reading a movie review, you listen to some diabetic guy talk about it. Hey, that's our <laughs> show. I see what you did there, that clever plug-in. You think you're so goddamn cute. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, a quiet place. So we start off with this family, and we found out all the ways that they've learned to l- live day by day without making a sound. And you never really think about it, but uh, you, you don't realize how much sound you make just by living your day to day life. Like when you turn on your car, when you when you breathe, when you grab something from the grocery store. Just like you might not talk, but you you make a, a nice sound um, of a can hitting the can. I found out, like someone pointed on the internet, is in the first scene when they're in the shopping mall. Or the grocery store. Uh-huh. If you look on the shelves, all the potato chips are still on the shelves. Because even though they will last long, they'll make a lot They're of noise crinkly. to take. 
So that was like a kind of fun little detail that they snuck into the movie. I did not notice that. That's, uh, I that's didn't either, uh, but someone on the internet way more uh, observant than I uh, pointed that out. <laughs> what? So they were looking for medicine at the very beginning of the film. Do you know like what kind of medicine it was? Like, Was it just like... It's not really clear about what they were doing, which um, kind of hits on one of the points that really bothered me about the film. They're not really clear about a lot of things. Okay. But uh, one thing that immediately takes you from the moment that you start watching this film is not the is not the, them trying to keep from making sound or the ambient noises around. It's that silence is absolutely deafening, especially in the theater when it's all when you're already supposed to be quiet. If the movie capitalizes on that, your ears will they they will feel like they're blocking up because it's just so loud of a silence. Yeah, the lack of noise brings tension out, and as soon as a noise release, it releases the tension. So the the way they did it is like when something really tense was happening, they would turn off the music, just make it real quiet, and uh, they would leave that up for like two or three minutes just to let it build. Uh-huh. And a lot of times, so a lot of horror uses silence as a way to qualify jump scares. Um, and, and that's fine. The problem with that is, is that you get used to it. Uh, the way A Quiet Place capitalizes on this is that it uses silence throughout the entire film. It's, it's close to... A silent film. There, there is some background music. There is uh, ambient noise of like birds and rivers and whatever else, but for a lot of it is very quiet. So when noise does suddenly pop up, you are still surprised because it's been silent for so long. Like you, you've gone past the part of expecting a jump scare. Now you're just like watching them live their lives. But the, this movie also does rely on a few jump scares throughout the movie. Well, sure. I mean, it's a horror film. it's, yeah. it's gonna be jump scares. Oh, God, I had a little bit of a Dr Pepper burp there. Uh, sponsored by Dr. Pepper. I, you know, Dr. Pepper should sponsor me. I drink so much damn Dr. Pepper. Their sponsorship just be should be just fixing your cavities. If anything, <laughs> oh my god, I had, did I tell you about how many cavities I had? Uh, no, but we, we, that's another conversation. Last time I went to the dentist, I had like seven cavities. If anything, I sponsor Dr. Pepper because I buy so much mm-hmm. sh- stuff from them. Uh, yeah. But anyway, yeah, they should sponsor us. Okay, so, send an email. Yeah. So. The very beginning of this film is started with the family. The family we we don't know any of their names. Uh, we we don't really get into that. Uh, did you ever notice that how they never really used names for any of them? Yeah, I was thinking after I got out of the movie, I was trying to remember their names, but I feel like they never really say their names. Do they, they don't. Yeah, it's 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 nameless. It's like that movie uh, Mother. If you ever saw that. Oh it, yeah, it, I it was, saw that. They, with they, Daniel Radcliffe. Daniel Radcliffe. Dan- yeah, Mother. No, that's oh, all. Jennifer oh no, Lawrence I'm thinking. And... I'm thinking about a different movie. It's like uh, the Woman in Black. Oh, that movie. No, yeah, that, oh, uh, that's forever ago. Oh yeah, that different movie. Yeah, so Mother had uh, Javier Bardem and Jennifer Lawrence, but it never used their names because because they were supposed to be metaphors or allegories for larger than life. Uh, shall we? We'll say de- deities. Uh, anyway, but the same kind of thing is used here because they're always using sign language. Their, their names aren't really important. You, you you come to know them by the husband, the wife, the the, the daughter, the son. The one that fucks everything up. The one that fucks everything <laughs> up. Uh, there's there's really no need for identity because they're, they're that's not important at this part of their lives. Right now, it's all about survival. I'm not going to lie. Uh, I definitely really wanted to learn sign language after this movie. Yeah, me too. It, it really shows how useful of a skill it can be. Like, ASL is... 
uh, fantastic skill to have, and you can in. I mean, not only for alien invasions, but it shows that it's just as. <laughs> if you're playing uh, an intense game of manhunt and you don't want to give away your position, just do a little signing. Well, it's just it's just as an emotive way of communicating as speaking, like you and I do here. Like like you, they they still have expression on their faces. You can see the palpable fear, the joy, anything that's on uh, their face isn't expressed. Yeah, through the signals they give through their hands. Uh, like uh, somebody's hands might be shaking or trembling if they're scared. They might be kind of flowy if they're happy or relaxed. Um, and again, and it's all through the eyes as well. Like you, you never see how much communication is nonverbal until you see uh, sign signing being done to each other. Um, there, there is one moment in the film where these two are signing. The mother and the son are signing at each other, and uh, you, they're both terrified. So they're signing and speaking at the same time. Like they're very, they're very barely speaking. Like it's the lowest part of their voices. But you, can, but you can, you could grab all of that just from the subtitles and from the signing. You wouldn't need to hear their very hushed voices to get that that uh, that air of atmosphere from it. Yeah, I remember uh, one of the uh, least effective parts of the movie when using sign language is uh, when the kid fell into the silo and was drowning in the corn, and she was signing stop. But of course, yeah. you can't. You can't see that. Yeah, it's <laughs> like, like I'm, I'm a little bit busy drowning in corn at the moment. You gotta... Which, by the way, like when I saw that, I was like, "How often that happen? Uh, does that happen?" And I looked up. It's like apparently 36 people a year die from corn asphyxiation. You, you you looked up how many people die in corn silos? I, I just I just wanted to know like was who that, does is, that? No, I just like wanted to know like would you actually sink in corn like that? And apparently you do. Well, yeah. There's there's no. I'm guessing there's no solid surface behind it, so it's just like. Yeah, a bunch of kernels, like a bunch of popcorn kernels. Yeah, and I, I just found that was pretty interesting. I yeah, like I was terrified. It's 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 drowning without water. You know, <laughs> I, I, drowning the by worst type of, type of drowning. It, it is it the worst. Type of, I feel like drowning. In, I mean, I don't want to argue against special. <laughs> suffocation versus drowning by swallowing water in your lungs. But like, either way, not a fun way to go. <laughs> um, so, what would you say was your least favorite part of the film? All right. Um, so. Like I said earlier, they're not really clear about a lot of things. Like what? Um, my biggest one was like how how sensitive these uh, creatures their hearing is because they can hear a pitcher frame dropped in a basement hundreds of miles away, but they can be face to face with a character and they can't hear the panic breathing or the slight cries of a baby. I feel like their powers aren't really consistent. And, like, when they did the fireworks to distract the creatures, uh-huh. and, uh, it just takes the one or two away, how many were there. And then they killed the one uh, thing, the the monster in the basement. And then hundreds of them are, like, gathering from throughout everywhere. Well, not hundreds. You saw, like, two on, on the cameras. And, and the guy had written on the whiteboard there were at least three monsters in the, in the vicinity. It definitely looked like a lot. But wouldn't they also be drawn to the fireworks? Um, the at least those two were, and if there were more of them, then yeah, probably. If it kind of it kind of felt like they were giving the impression a lot more were showing up. Okay. Um, I I, I don't I, we never get a specific number answer of how many there are anywhere around. Uh, but I th- I feel like it, the rules were pretty consistent. I mean I mean yes, should the monster have probably heard her her breathing, maybe. But she was underneath that like that faucet at the time that when she's when that monster's right up on her. She's behind this uh, this uh, dripping of water, this like kind of fountain of water that sort of masks the sound. And uh, we were walked through that earlier. Uh, there's a part where the father and the son go next to this river 
They're trying to catch fish. And the son drops a fish and he freaks out because the fish is flopping around the river. And he's like, oh my god, they're going to hear it. And the dad's like, no, look, the monsters get that there are natural sounds and that there are man or like life-made sounds. So as long as we blend in with the life-made sounds, like small noises are okay. It's the big noises, like somebody screaming or uh, something like that, that really draws them in. Yeah, so, but I feel like at that point, he, the monster was just so close that it should have been able to hear. Maybe. And we learn later that these monsters are basically, like they have, their heads are basically just these in, entirely enormous uh, eardrums. And we get to see the inner workings of that. Uh, so should should they have maybe heard it within the rules of the film? Maybe. Uh, but for the way they expressed it and the way they like put down the ground rules, I thought the exposition exposition was done fantastically. Uh, we see like newspapers spread here and there, like saying it's sound, like they hear you through sound. But it's never really said like outright, like oh there was an alien invasion in 1985 and now the entire world is well, dead. Apparently, uh, if you just look really closely, they say that a meteor landed in Mexico and that's how they came here. So they oh really? Have, they have a really defined which which is no thing. It was a problem. Like they're they have it there, but they're just not clear enough about it. Where did you see that there was a meteor? It was online. Like the last okay, so, so you didn't see this. You went online yeah, because, and people that are eagle-eyed or whatever. Yeah, and it's just like if that's a detail that you're going to put in, it's something that I feel like it's worth for us knowing other than just hiding it. Yeah. Something interesting I learned about this film, uh, are you familiar with the, the Cloverfield movies? Yeah. So I've, originally this was supposed to be part of that franchise. Yeah, which uh, kind of makes sense because I feel like the monsters look like the main monster from Cloverfield. Like a smaller version yeah. of it, right? Kind yeah. Of? I thought the exact same thing, um, but th that was during the movie. Before I knew that it was supposed to be part of the franchise. Um, and here's the thing: I actually I'm a huge fan of the Cloverfield franchise, minus that last one, which was just weird. Um, I think those films are fantastic. But a big criticism about that franchise has been that they they take what are originally original horrors and then put it under the umbrella of Cloverfield, just to like to make it a, a big blockbuster rather than making an original idea. Um, with 10 Cloverfield Lane, it was originally just called this, this horror called Cellar, and then they did a couple reshoots, they're like, oh, now it's got aliens. Um, but I'm, in in retrospect, despite me loving those films, I'm so glad that this did not turn out to be a part of that franchise. I'm so glad that this is a standalone film, because I, I think it, it very much stands on its own two feet without without a problem. Yeah, I definitely think it was a good film, but it does it does have the tellings that this was uh, Krasinski's first direction, director like, directoring film. Well, it wasn't though. Like he, he it, might, well, it was his first yeah, horror. But. Yeah, his first horror. But you, you can tell he's a little novice at it, and he's still really good for like your second film. But he can, he can still improve. What, uh, what, like rookie mistakes did you think? Do you think he made in the director's chair? Um, I'm just uh, thinking. I felt like, like I said, with the consistency throughout the monsters, the uh, over reliance on jump scares. The um, there were a lot of jump scares. Yeah, there were a lot of jump scares, and there's way to get fear out of your audience without using jump scares. So it it just shows that Krasinski is really good, but he's not at that top level yet. Give him like another three or four movies, he'd be really good. Okay, so what would you want more horror from him? Would you uh, like what what do you what would you like as far as his next step? His next step, um, I'll just like to see more of him because. Uh, his sample size of what I've seen him in is so small that I'm not really sure what he's good at, but I'll look forward to his next uh, production. I'm Yeah, I'm very interested to see what he does next. Um, so the the last film that he, the one that I was thinking of earlier, that family dramedy or whatever, was called The Hollers. 
That move was god-awful. So maybe he learned from his mistakes there, and he absolutely knocked it out of the park with this one. So if he knocked it out of the park with this one, then whatever like small quips you got for this one, I'm sure he will destroy in his next outing. And I can't wait to see what that is, because he, he's proved that he's not limited by genre. Like, he's not a comedy director. He's not a horror director. He's not Jim Harper. No. Harper. He, he he's just he's just a good director. Like yeah. he, he's learned from his mistakes. He's spent he's spent time studying what he wants to do, and he's done a great job with it. Um. So what do you think about? I know I know that we had kind of differing opinions on how this movie ends, but we at the end of the movie that we we find out that uh the the creature's strength is also their weakness. That uh, high frequencies are very painful for the monsters, and the and the family finds this out and they use this to kill one of them. And then the film ends with, uh, like like you said, like two, three, or maybe like ten of them coming. And uh, we see the mom, who's just had a baby, by the way, like an hour ago, like wielding a pump shotgun. And uh, the their deaf daughter uh, getting ready to pump pump some loud frequencies. And she goes like the badass John McClane, like with the shotgun. And that's where we go to black. I thought that was kick-ass. You I, had different opinions. I thought it was just really cheesy. Just... Kind of like, oh, look how badass I am. Click, click. Kind of like thing. Uh, never mind that I'm really weak because I just had a baby. Never mind that my dad just died. Never mind that these seemingly invincible things just into now are coming in. And we just almost took out one. Now two or three are coming. Never mind out that. Here's me with a shotgun. Pump, pump. I'm cool. And I just thought it was like just kind of cheesy. But just how awesome it was though. I mean, this the, the entire film, These we see the entirety of mankind has either been wiped out or pushed into holes. And we see that this family, you know, has spent all their life learning how to how to deal with by the creature's rules. And now they're taking their lives into their own hands after spending an hour and a half of the film being absolutely terrified. And we, we get, like, ten seconds of them, like, alright, it's time to take our, our goddamn world back. Crank the shotgun, cut the black. Like you didn't, you didn't enjoy that at all. You you just wanted it to be like just more. I feel like the gloom. the the ending could have been better. I know I'm not I'm not an expert filmmaker or anything, but I feel like that that ending was just a little too cheesy for me. Okay, well I think it was great. Was it a, a little cheesy? Sure, but I don't think there's anything wrong with a little cheesiness. I think I I enjoy sometimes when you smile at what what could be like uh, perceived as ridiculous. Um, but I think it was fantastic. Um, what did you think about the acting in the film? Um, I thought the acting was really good. Uh, that little kid that uh, gets uh, KO'd at the beginning did a really good job at... Uh, I think he got more than KO'd. Do, yeah, oh, I mean, yeah, he got killed. He got <laughs> destroyed. I thought it was all really good. Um, I'm not really an ac- acting expert, so uh, I'm not, I don't have a train nine, so I'm just going to say it was good. Okay, so... Let me let me get this straight. So I brought you on the show, and ev- since I brought you on the show, you've told me, a, you're you're not worthy to be a critic, b, you're not worthy to make films, and c, you're not worthy to criticize acting. Why the fuck do I have you here? Uh, well, what were your <laughs> credentials there, Mason? Where what are my credentials? I made the goddamn site. I run a movie review site for you a couple a of years. You have a mic, and I'm here, and I think we're having a good time. I, I have a <laughs> microphone, and I have a mic. Yes, you're right. All right. Well, I personally thought that this was a fantastic film. Um, there are always like little things for improvement, but I thought he did a fantastic job. It made my diabetic senses go very sweet. Um, so, Mike, what would you say out of ten? What would your rating be? 
Um, I would give it uh, an eight out of ten. Uh, it would be really? it would be a better like it would be a nine out of ten if uh, you can just uh, seal up the writing a little better. Uh, but other than that, it wasn't it was a good movie. I really enjoyed it. All right, well, I'm gonna give it a nine out of ten because I thought it was freaking fantastic. Uh, the use of silence as a as a plot device, uh, the the use of minim- minimalist uh, revealing for the monsters to like just constantly keep that air of dread amongst the entire thing. The acting, absolutely fantastic. Uh, the use of sign language, uh, absolutely genius. I think it's just great. Uh, and you were talking, we were talking earlier about how John Krasinski was pushing for this deaf actress to be involved. I think that was a great choice. I think she did a great job of emoting, uh, with her signing and with just her facial expressions. Uh, and I think that, uh, we, I wouldn't mind seeing a sequel. I wouldn't mind seeing like a, a quiet place too, a quieter place. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> uh, but I would love to see that again. Uh, so I absolutely recommend it. I definitely think that our awesome audience should see it in theaters. Uh, but that's all I can really give you. I, I, I can't, I can't believe that you didn't like the ending. That really bothers me. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know why that's bugging me so much. I mean, like, you know, we got different opinions and you know, like, you know, well, ideas we, conflict. Well, different opinions. Yes. But one is right. And it's mine. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Anyway, but Mike, thank you so much for being on the show. We'll have you again soon, uh, soon enough, uh, for everybody else. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, for, for more of this awesomeness, you can check out masonmd.org where we have movie reviews, game reviews, vlogs, news, and just basic awesomeness, like I said earlier. You can check us out on Twitter at RealMasonMD and Facebook.com slash RealMasonMD. Uh, we can have all of our awesome content there. Be sure to leave a content, leave a high five. We're also on Twitch where we'll be streaming more of our Diabetes and Dragons episodes uh, coming up in the following weeks. So be sure to stay tuned for that. Uh, but until next time, I'd like to thank Mike again for coming on. Thank you so much. Oh, and thank you. Oh, and thank you audience for tuning in. We will see you next time. Bye-bye.